Welcome to Base Space. A crypto podcast. Welcome to the Base Space, Sammy. Uh, this is a, a crypto podcast hosted by myself, the Crypto on YouTube. We also have Chase Coins and Super High here. Um, we focus on creating opportunities for growth, networking, and education in the crypto industry. Uh, super excited to have Sammy on, guys, from Adactic Cartel. Welcome to the show, Sammy. Yeah, what up, guys? Nice to be here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sammy, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a tradition here, but every new guest that we have on, we always like to ask them how they got into crypto. Super, super interested in your story, man. Yeah, um, been in crypto for the past few years. Uh, I was at um, York U here in Toronto for econ. Um, yeah, like, like I guess like last year. <laughs> and then, yeah, I was like first year there. Um, and they made this like really dope like blockchain development program, um, like a postgrad, like a postgrad program, which actually taught you like solidity and shit. And it was super dope. And, um, you know, usually you need an undergrad to get a, to get into a postgrad program. But this was when Ethereum was like worth nothing um, and no one signed up for it. And I was able to get in <laughs> with no credentials. <laughs> Um, so I just did that. So, you know, I actually have like a postgrad in blockchain development. Um, I don't have an undergrad though. And yeah, I guess like, you know, from there, like I sort of met people that like helped design like that curriculum and stuff. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, like started working with like a few different funds and like layer ones and more on like the analysis and research side of things. Um, and then, you know, I guess like being on the analysis and research side, you get like especially for like DeFi and stuff like that, you get like super tapped in with what's going on. Um, met a lot of dope people, uh, helped like, you know, accelerate my process of like really what's going on in this space. And, you know, like felt like I was in a position with my network and stuff to, um, <clears throat> you know, like launch my own, launch my own stuff. So here we are. Yeah, that's, that's super dope. <laughs> that's crazy, man. You're probably one of like the first graduates ever to actually have something in crypto. Yeah, well, I didn't graduate, you know, like now that program has like a five year waiting list. Like, you know, you need like a master's in like computer science and stuff to get in. And like, I just got lucky, you know, because like everyone thought ETH was dead and I was able to like slide in there and get like that degree and stuff. Maybe I'll go back and finish like my undergrad like later, you know, but yeah, I mean, like why do an undergrad when you can just do like a blockchain program? <laughs> if you have to wait five years. It's just not, you're just not going to make it. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, like, that that would have mean that, like, I'm only in my second year now. Like, I would have been in my second year right now. So that would have been, like, yeah, that would have been a, <laughs> wouldn't have been able to do anything for a couple of years. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I think uh, the only way maybe to do that is, like, go to college but also like hustle on the side you know kind of do both but you probably don't even have time at this point to to do well yeah crypto is like a 24 7 industry right like we just we were just talking about this before we started like it's yeah you don't have time to like study and stuff and do crypto <laughs> you know maybe if you're like doing like drop shipping or something like you know like flipping stuff on amazon or whatever you can do both but being in crypto like it needs your full attention you know it's really hard to do like a side hustle 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I feel like every every hour I'm logged offline, something something's happening, and I'm missing I'm missing something. It's pretty hard to to keep up with everything going on in the space, you know. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, I would also add. I, at this point in time, I, f- I feel like crypto is more about experience than education. So yeah, I feel like for the most part, in terms of the higher education part, it's really kind of irrelevant. And your experience is what really matters at this point in time within <clears throat> the industry. Yeah, your DGEN score speaks louder than your CV. Let's go. No, 100%. I, I totally agree with that. Um, curious, like, what was your what was the journey like to actually like founding or co-founding uh, redacted um yeah it was a fun journey like i think uh i'm part of this like uh collective network called new order um that's sort of like this like network of i guess like founders and resources that sort of help projects like uh help founders who don't necessarily have the resources like get to market and launch it's like an incubator down, you know like we're trying to launch like a the YC of DeFi where uh, entry for like, you know, the resources or whatever is done through like, you know, launching a project through there. Um, It launched like recently, but like, you know, I was one of like the first projects involved there along with like Optify and H2O, which like are like new order things. Um, But yeah, like, you know, like I met a lot of dope people through there sort of had this idea, like I said, like, you know, being like relatively like tapped in with what's going on with like Olympus. I was like a, like a soft contributor there and then like you know the curve boys i think like are like a complex thing that i was like kind of like following from the beginning so i kind of knew like what was going on um and yeah i guess like you know like from there i sort of met like the other co-founder he's here i see him um Kenando, and we were just like jamming away at like the idea at the concept and then you know <clears throat> Uh, hit up Olympus, started like working on the idea with them, how we make sure that it's like a win-win for everyone. Cause I felt like when we were sort of launching, there was like a lot of, like a lot of projects coming out that were like, you know, like we're going to be like the reserve currency of like Solana or some nonsense. Um, and not to like throw shade at that project, but like just as an example. Um, and like, you know, we wanted to like leverage the Olympus mechanics for like our own vision and purpose, um, but we didn't want it to be like competing with Olympus, right? So we sort of were like working with them on the idea, took it to governance, get passed with like flying colors and like that's kind of like how it came to life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure uh, I'm sure we have like a ton of people saying that don't even know like what the curve words are. Could you kind of uh, touch on that for, for the audience? <clears throat> what are the curve words? Yeah. I guess like the the okay, yeah, let's, let's talk about it. So <laughs> Um, I guess you have like DEXs like like um Sushi Swap and 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 Uniswap and like other sort of DEXs, right? And then people sort of look at Curve and they don't really understand like the purpose of it because originally it was just like swapping stable coins for other stable coins. Um, if you are like a pegged coin and you're like a you're a stable coin. Um, the number one thing that matters for you, like most projects, um, but especially for stable coins, is like liquidity, right? Um, you can only get so far with like protocol emissions, um, sort of like people farming like your own token or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and Curve sort of has this like unique um, model where you can, if people have like conviction in the protocol and they want to, and they're like major liquidity providers, in this case, like a stable coin or something, 
what you might do is like, you know, launch like your LP there, um, accumulate a bunch of CRV and lock it up, right? And then with locked CRV, like, you know, I guess like with other locked governance tokens, you can vote on like governance proposals and stuff like that. Like I'm sure you're all <laughs> aware of that. Um, but Curve has this like notion of the gauge, right? And what the gauge is, is basically um, like this module where people can, who have locked up CRV can decide where the emissions of CRV for that sort of period go to, right? So if I'm a stable coin, I'm Faye, for example, you know, I want Faye to be liquid for obvious reasons, right? It is in my best interest to either lock up CRV or convince people who have locked up CRV to vote for my pool so that, you know, like the Faye pool on Curve is getting a lot of liquidity, right? It's getting a lot of, <coughs> it's getting a lot of Curve rewards and, um, that would mean that more people are like, you know, buying Faye and like locking it up there, right? Uh, it's not just Faye, it's like every pro, it's like every stable coin. And now it's like goes beyond just stable coins. It's like volatile tokens as well. Um, <clears throat> that's how it works on like the, the curve side. I'm happy to like dive more into it. But yeah, I mean, the notion of the curve wars is basically protocols fighting over where emissions of like CRV and like, you know, CVX go. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a that was a great description. Thank, thanks for that, Sammy. Um, and maybe be now is now is a good point to touch on like how does uh, Redacted like fit in fit into that mix and within the curve war? Yeah, so Redacted um, has so it's a very profitable uh, industry, right? Like it's a very profitable vertical of DeFi. I think um, Dejan Spartan sort of said it best. You know, like there's. Um, when war is about like, you know, don't pick a side. Um, like, you know, there's just profit to be made in war, you know, like profit off of it, don't pick a side. And I think like right now, like everyone, I, I think like everyone was approaching the curve wars, like sort of like uh, within their own self-interests, right? So like sort of like, you know, emitting rewards and just like profiting off of it and stuff like that. Uh, or like, you know, like seeing the benefits of that. Um, and then like, you know, like these people are putting up like lump sums of money um, and we sort of stepped in and said, like, you know what, like, we don't have any self-interest to satisfy. We don't have a stable coin. Um, we're just here to, like, extract value out of it. And now, like, you're starting to see multiple protocols sort of go the same route of, like, sort of locking up tokens and trying to get other protocols to, like, you know, um, influence the protocol's emissions and stuff like that, which we are in a good position to sort of, like, accumulate the governance token, lock it up, and just, like, sort of receive those rewards and funnel in the revenue from that um, sort of, a niche sector of DeFi, right? Um, <clears throat> so I guess like, you know, the way we're playing the curve wars is instead of like, you know, uh, fighting with people to sort of like, you know, decide where the liquidity of curve goes, but people are basically like paying us to like, you know, vote for them. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's, it's super, it's a super unique case and you guys really like one of the, the pioneers now uh, within the curve wars and kind of building out, building out the space. I wouldn't say that, uh, man. Like this, this has been around for like a long time. I think like it went quiet for a bit because like convex kind of came in and won. Um, <laughs> but you know, like since this was like a big reason that like urine is what it is. Um, you know, it wasn't just urine and, and convex. Like there was other players that play stake DAO and stuff like that. Like this has been around um for like months i guess like in DeFi it feels like years but uh it's been around for a while now and you know like we're 
I think we're one of like the latest players to like get into it rather than be like one of the pioneers. So shout out those guys. Yeah, why why do you think your project is getting so much attention right now then? Um I think like multiple different reasons, right? I think like one um <clears throat> there's a lack of like fundamentals I think in the space. Um like people think like very short term and they're not necessarily thinking about how to accrue revenue, you know, just from like the efforts we take in the curve wars we're annualizing um, between 30 to 40 million dollars in revenue a year which is like really good for a startup um, when you think of it in that in, in terms like that um, <clears throat> so you know like obviously we have um, some roadblocks ahead of us like sort of working the way working down emissions and making sure that like you know the, the protocol is generating more revenue for uh, people and like the token is accruing more value uh, accru- accruing more value in like very unique ways um, rather than just uh you know, like making a shitty yield farm, right? I think like no one really wants that. Um, and <clears throat> give me a sec. Um, yeah, like I was saying, and then like, you know, like I think uh, there's also this thing of like curve wars are kind of like a whale game. Um, this is like something that came up like yesterday in the Discord, which I thought was like really dope. Like the curve wars are like really like a whale game, right? And Butterfly is kind of like this proxy token that acts as like, a tokenized whale you know like some of the things we're doing now is like um participating in like seed rounds and getting early allocations to projects um which like you know like people sort of just like don't have access to right and all this sort of value goes back to like the token holders through like you know this uh olympus model right um <clears throat> increasing the backing per token and whatnot um <clears throat> and we're sort of working on like other stuff as well that we're putting out i'm sure we'll dive into it later that like you know, just like keep on uh, sort of like developing like the different streams of revenue that are like coming into the token. And I think like once the protocol reaches a stage where we have some sense of stability, both in terms of like, you know, the treasury as well as like the growth, uh, I think like, you know, the long-term plan is to like, you know, pass these revenues back on to like lockers of Butterfly, right? So uh, there's like a really big focus on like the, the true fundamentals here, like how we are generating revenue without uh, necessarily like putting out like a ton of emissions. And um, I think like, you know, with the position that we have in like some of these like extremely high revenue generating assets, you know, we're sort of in this bootstrapping phase right now. Um, We're in a good position to just like generate like a ton of revenue without having to ever do anything really, (laughs) Um, which I think is like, you know, really good for DeFi and yeah. Hey, Sammy. So we have we have a lot of listeners at varying level of kind of like insights into DeFi. And you had touched on one point about the Olympus model. Uh, could you kind of like go through at a high level what the Olympus bonding system looks like for for Redacted? And then could you also kind of touch on what your guys' partnership of being a sub DAO looks like within the larger um, <clears throat> DAO of Olympus? Uh, I guess, so it works the exact same as Olympus right now. So maybe like, I'll just say what it looks like, like what, like what bonding is. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So DeFi, a couple, honestly, Olympus hasn't been around that long. I think, yeah, DeFi, like, you know, in the early days, there was like people, the way that you would bootstrap liquidity for your token was yield farming, right? Like, I think people still do it to this day, you know, like 
give us look like put your liquidity here and we will like emit like tokens basically as a reward right and then <clears throat> olympus sort of looked at it from a different way that a more sustainable method of like growing your protocol beyond the staking side of things um is to like own that liquidity right so what they would do is essentially say like you know instead of like putting your like put your tokens here for like a year and you're earning like a thousand percent apy uh essentially what you'd be doing is like uh they would be minting new ohm tokens and like we'll get into like the rebases and stuff but saying like you know create this liquidity pool position and we'll just buy it off of you right so someone else would like sort of create this like liquidity pool position of ohm and die and instead of like you yield farming it and finding returns from it we will give you ohm at a discount for just like trading it in so you get the benefit and you get the upside uh up front and immediately right um <clears throat> that's like a really quick explanation of it so sort of like this transition from like renting your liquidity to owning it uh and i think like it quickly proved to be like a black hole for liquidity you know like olympus's treasury is like 800 i think like with the downturn like whatever like 600 to 800 million dollars right um <clears throat> and they just own all this liquidity and it's like you know like a lot of protocols now are like we're they kind of screwed right because like the rewards just like every single time there's like you know every single day there's like a new yield farm and people just like rotate out but olympus is able to keep like really deep liquidity positions um that help accelerate their narrative of being this like reserve currency right so having like really deep liquidity across defi um and having ohm sort of represent like a stable backing of like stable coins and stuff you know they don't just like sell the ohm at a discount for liquidity pools it's also like stable coins and stuff um i think like for redacted you know like uh people like often like fight over like uh i guess like some of these other influential governance tokens like the same way uh you know like they sort of say like deposit your tokens here or whatever and like you know we give you like a wrapper or something and like you know you can just farm it right um i think with us like the difference is like you know like sort of like you users are like bonding their assets and we're giving them back a uh, butterfly in return and then what we're trying to make with butterfly is sort of like owning all these like influential governance tokens that can never leave again right so i think like you know in the short term whatever happens with the market like you know like we're still like number i think like right now we're depending on if you count like moki or not um we're like top 3 holders of like cvx is uh, top 3 holders of cvx as a down right which is like um pretty impressive but that's always ours you know like that's never going anywhere um <clears throat> which like I'm super like proud of and I think it's like a really good like foundation for us to like uh keep growing. So I I think like that answers the question of like how Olympus uh operates in like a really simple sense. Um obviously there's like rebases and stuff that get introduced so that there's no dilution for people um that are already in the protocol and then like you know that crazy APY is not really a crazy APY it's more just like to account for the dilution that is happening from the bonding volume. Um and then the second part of your question was like being a subdao right um <clears throat> yeah like i said like you know like we we obviously saw the use case for like leveraging this mechanic um but like you know in technical terms like there's no point like beating around the bush like it is just an own fork uh, right now at least right um which are have been like previously like very malicious to olympus um and really like hurt their growth right um more than hurt their growth you know like it proved one thing that like olympus was not able to like scale out as quickly as they wanted to um <clears throat> you know i think they did a really good job of capturing stable coins on ethereum but then you quickly saw um clones of the protocol popping up on multiple different chains and serving multiple different purposes because olympus wasn't able to scale and capture as much of the market as it wanted to 
um obviously like you know the whole team is like a bunch of omis like we would never do anything like that like you know we want to help see like olympus win too right um i think when you think about the, the notion of like a reserve bank right in this sort of case there's different branches right um that focus on different subsets of the market you know i think redacted is sort of like the subset of olympus that lives under them sort of part of the family that has a specific vision and focus on like accumulating influential governance tokens right not stable coins right um <clears throat> and obviously like olympus has like uh, like a big chunk of our supply and stuff like that and it doesn't stop there right like i think there's potential for you know different branches of olympus that focus on different things like um multi-chain assets um nfts or metaverse craft whatever um you know like it doesn't really end there right so i think <clears throat> the like the relationship from like a numbers perspective is like sort of like you know uh we share like a bit of the revenue with them they have like a majority of supply of like these like p tokens which are like um like the pre-launch tokens or whatever uh and you know we're sort of just like partners with them right like we have um like our own focus and vision we're sort of like obviously doing our own thing but we are you know, actively working with Olympus to make sure that they're capturing like this part of the market without like having to stretch themselves too thin and like dilute their vision, right? Yeah, I love that. Thanks for that really thorough breakdown. I'm actually curious, just like from a philosophical standpoint, because one, it's it's really crazy to say, I don't even think Olympus is even a year old. Um, you know, we, we talk about how fast this industry moves and, you know, we, we've seen Olympus, like you touched on we have kind of seen forks and some were not as kind of collaborative as others have been but i'm curious um and of course we've just seen i think like a lot of just own forks on other l1s running l1s that were really just kind of money grabs um and haven't really executed on their visions but i'm curious like just from a philosophical standpoint how do you kind of see that change of the protocol owning its liquidity like how do you see that evolving over time as DAOs themselves begin to mature like in this industry? I guess like what is what is like the next evolution or? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess that or if you just kind of like thought about potential um, use cases or DAOs that just haven't even been dream, dreamt up yet or haven't <clears> launched <throat> yet. Yeah, there's yeah, like yeah, areas yeah. of opportunity. Yeah, I'm super interested this year on, I think, like, um, <clears throat> creating more protocol-facing uh, projects, I guess you could say. Um, I think, like, majority of stuff in DeFi that has come out, like, since its inception has been um, retail-facing, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Like, obviously, that's what made DeFi what it is. Um, but now, as you start to see protocols have, like, these insane amounts of, like, these insane treasuries, you know, like... Redacted's like a month old that has like $80 million or something, right? Um, these protocols sort of hold like huge positions in different projects. And there's like a huge like market opportunity. I was just talking with like the debt DAO guys. I think this is like a, like a prime example. I think like, you know, what we have to do as an industry to grow now is make um, <clears throat> projects that maybe are not like, like so focused on like community and retail and stuff like that, but really making sure that like other DAOs can like interact with each other and extract value from each other um, through like sort of like these like private DAO markets, right? These private label markets, um, like under collateralized lending and I guess like uh, token swap infra infrastructure, DAO to DAO collaborations, all that sort of stuff, right? 
So I think like one of the cool things that you're starting to see with like this notion of like protocol controlled value and protocol owned liquidity, like obviously everyone's sort of like tackling it from their own their own sort of way, you know, like some people do like the bonding mechanism. Some people put a bigger focus on like revenue that goes to the DAO. Um, <clears throat> but I think like the next evolution of that is not like necessarily like an involvement from like yield farming, but it's more like uh, creating protocols at like a different layer of like the supply chain. Um, we're doing that, you know, like we're doing that right now with one of the projects we have called like Hidden Hand, which is like a general purpose, like bribe marketplace where basically like other DAOs who want to see like their project succeed on like another DAO are basically like bribing token holders to like vote for them, um, vote for their protocol to help like direct liquidity towards them and stuff like that, right? Um, and then I just mentioned like that DAO, I'm going to like shill them for a bit. You know, it's like under collateralized lending for DAOs where they basically like, you know, basically it's like a peer-to-peer -peer loan between like one DAO and another. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, there's like, there's a bunch of different ways to tackle it, you know, when you think about like what you can do with like, these trusted, but at the same time, like trustless parties in DeFi, like there's a whole bunch of like revenue and value to be extracted from the space. Yeah, I'm actually curious and kind of like shifting it back to redacted specifically, um, voting efficiency as a service. What what exactly is this? I'm not sure like where this? that where that term came from. Like the the V E A A A S is like vote escrow as a service. <laughs> yeah. Like I think like everyone just thought it meant like voting efficiency as a service. Like, yeah. Anyways, continue. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, so I think actually this uh, is in your guys' documents on your website. So maybe maybe that's where people are getting it. But it fits right. Like you have the the V E. Like it's just always been there. So it just kind of works out. Um, but yeah. Uh, so one, just kind of what is this and what are the larger ecosystem ramifications of having this kind of service at scale? <clears throat> yeah. Um, there's, so I guess like, you know, um, one of the things that we're like building on and working out now is like how to make the, the governance of the token sitting in the treasury, like as efficient as possible. Obviously right now we're trading above like the, you know, while like risk-free value is like a flawed metric, um, we are like trading above like the backing in the treasury, right? Um, sort of because like this this premium attached to the protocol where people are thinking about like the like the revenue numbers that I said we're generating, right? Um, typical like it's like a stock, whatever, right? Um, <clears throat> so what ends up happening is that like if you're a protocol that's looking to like like you know use CVX to like vote for your token or whatever and make it like more liquid it's obviously like more capital efficient for you to acquire vanilla CVX and lock it and vote. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, right now we sort of don't have this voting efficiency, but we're making it like a switch, or I guess you could say like a transition um, to a place where actually like using Butterfly is a much more like efficient way of acquiring CVX votes. You know, the goal is to have three CVX votes for the price of one um, using this, this like novel mechanic we're sort of working on which is like governance locked butterfly, GL butterfly and RL butterfly, like revenue locked. Um, so basically what it is, like I was just explaining like the Vodesco model with curve <clears throat> where, you know, people lock up their curve and then they get revenue and then they get like all this sort of stuff. Um, so what we're launching is like uh, two new like Vodesco products. Um, one is more business facing, which is the governance locked butterfly where people can lock up their butterfly for 
uh, meta governance rights of like the CVX and CRV that we have sitting in our treasury. And then the revenue lock butterfly is obviously like a more retail uh, familiar experience for people um, where basically people are locking up their butterfly to get like protocol fees and revenue as well as like drive rewards and all that sort of stuff, right? Um, what ends up happening with this is that X amount of supply is locked up in revenue locked butterfly, which is generating all the fees and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> and then X amount of supply is locked up in governance locked butterfly. So what ends up happening is like if 80% of supply is like locked up generating fees and all this sort of stuff, they are submitting or they are like sacrificing their governance rights of the treasury assets, which makes it a, an extremely lucrative opportunity for a DAO to come in and acquire Butterfly and lock it and access all the governance rights over the treasury uh, because everyone is so focused on the revenue locked Butterfly. So you create this like really cool balance, which will be enforced by the market where basically um, some people are locked up in one vault, some people are locked up in another vault and the GL Butterfly uh, lockers that are sacrificing their protocol revenue is sent as a boost to the RL Butterfly lockers and then vice versa, right? So the RL Butterfly lockers that are sacrificing their meta governance rates are sent to the GL Butterfly um, lockers. So essentially what like it goes back to like your question of like VE, AAS, um, <clears throat> trying to make the Butterfly token like as efficient as possible and um, make as many like opportunities for people and source like buying pressure from like, you know, I guess like two different sides, right? Like one side being like other DAOs and then one side being like retail, right? Um, yeah, does, the, does that answer your question or like not really? Yeah, no, it does. And it, it kind of like as you're going through the various different types of tokens, um, like I think you said uh, G butterfly and I think you guys have X butterfly, uh, P butterfly. <laughs> once again just kind of at a high level like when we move to mass adoption what is the solution here like how are we going there is to no, there is no, a little there bit is more no, there is no mass adoption like what my my one of my big theses in in like getting into this industry was um crypto anarchism which is a which is a thesis that has been left in the ditch as we've sort of like been building DeFi. like everyone's trying to make like you know uh institutional facing crap and like you know like this is going to be this is like DeFi for your mom and stuff like that right like i don't think anyone is really building this stuff out like like no one like you know we're not going to win like clearly like the regulators are against us um like there's a lot of people against us what's going to happen is like to me at least like what i'm trying to build is like <clears throat> kids nowadays are going to have ethereum wallets they're going to have metamask wallets before they'll have bank accounts you know um <clears throat> And what I'm trying to build is like a second layer of finance. Well, I'm not building DeFi. I'm not building the whole industry. But the way I view it, at least, is that we're building an alternative, right? We're not building a solution to the current problems that we face in TradFi, right? Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know if that's like an unpopular opinion. I think everyone sort of wants it to like replace the US dollar and all this sort of stuff. But I don't think that's going to go anywhere. I think like the way we win as an industry is if we provide an alternative, not a solution. So, you know, it's totally cool to build um, really complex financial instruments because in the end of the day, like I'm not trying to make Butterfly be like the US, the new US dollar, right? Um, <clears throat> I want it to be its own thing and uh, an alternative to finance, um, not a not a replacement of it. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really interesting take. Um, it, it's a very it's a very complex world. And so, and, and it's very complex, you know, navigating. So I'm just trying to think of 
what, you know, what that adoption looks like for the people that do want to kind of uh, take that less like traveled path, if you will. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting, interesting take. <clears throat> and kind of referencing that, how you said uh, it's not DeFi for your mom, right? So I actually gave my mom and dad a little MetaMask 101 and showed them Uniswap and all the other stuff. Um, but they probably don't know, you know, that there's whales, right? And uh, I had seen that there was a pretty big whale in Butterfly. And I was just curious um, if Redacted has any OTC uh, plans for any of these whales to exit safely and not just totally wreck everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think like, you know, like there's like every protocol sort of faces this issue. It's not just us. Like, I think like some of the bigger participants in our protocol have like, you know, like they just voice <laughs> this, their position. Um, they, like whatever, they're cool guys. Um, but yeah, I mean like, yeah, it's all like, it's all set up there, you know, like you, Obviously, like, you know, you consider, like, the thin liquidity of the protocol. And obviously, there's people on the buying side that can't get in because of slippage issues. So, you know, there's, like, as we sort of build out liquidity, there's, like, solutions there. Um, actually, like, one cool solution is, like, we're working with Membrane, um, which is, like, this new, like, project being built on top of, like, Tokamak. I don't think it has anything to do with Tokamak, but it's sort of, like, this, like, new interface for people to, like, coordinate OTC sales of tokens and stuff like that. So, I mean, we're using that. Yeah, perfect. Um, and then I, my next question I had for you was uh, the four-phase rollout. So right now we're in Operation Swallowtail. Um, and I I was just wondering if you can go over what Operation Swallowtail is and then just kind of go over the uh, the next phases as well. It, yeah. it, without spilling too much that you can't, of course. <clears throat> No, no. I mean, it's all public. Like the thing is, like, um, I think like the one thing we probably should have done in hindsight was like, I guess, like, uh, take into account, like, I guess, like how fast this industry moves, and like, you know, I'm not, yeah, like I'm, I want the protocol to be like agile and adapt, like as the industry evolves, right? Like, obviously, like you know, like the the exponential rate of innovation that happens, like in this um, funny world of finance that we live in. Um, you either adapt or you get, you, you die, right? <laughs> um, so things have changed, <clears throat> definitely. Like, I think, like, since, since, like, the launch or since we made those, like, since we made those plans, like, a few months ago, which is totally cool. Um, but, yeah, like, so basically the plan was, like, do this treasury bootstrapping event where people can sort of get Butterfly by, like, bonding their assets to the treasury, um, which was, like, a successful sale. I think we raised... <laughs> at current valuations, like $50 million or something. Um, and then Swallowtail is what we're in right now. So sort of like, you know, um, sort of using the Olympus mechanics to like bootstrap the treasury even further, expand the ecosystem out into like some different, um, into some different tokens that we see like potential upside in from a, from a revenue generation perspective, like uh, Toke, DPX, uh, FXS, um, which is going like really smoothly right now. Um, <clears throat> and then like, you know, the next plan was to sort of like the next, the next one, I think, uh, Red Admiral, yeah, Red Admiral, or sorry, Holly Blue, the, <laughs> this is like really, these are like really crap names when I like think about it, but these are like, for those, these are like names of butterflies. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So Holly Blue is like the next phase where we were transitioning to like on-chain governance and 
I'm going to do some new stuff. But I think like, you know, since we've launched and built out like a really dope team of like uh, core contributors to the project, we found like uh, <clears throat> probably the next best transition is like uh, putting like a really big focus on like sustainability and passing value accrual back to like the token lockers and stuff like that. Um, so I would say like, you know, Holly Blue is like sort of this like um, evolving, evolving um, expansion of the protocol. Um, <clears throat> and like, you know, since then, like we acquired Vodamac uh, and we've done like a few different acquisitions and seed rounds that have sort of like helped build and expand the thesis of the protocol. Um, <clears throat> I think like one thing that's happened is like uh, since launch is like instead of like honing in on like one or two ecosystems that we have like high conviction in, um, sort of work on this like notion of like the fat protocol thesis um, and like, you know, like build out the protocols like a suite of products and revenue revenue streams um, through different sources rather than be too dependent on like a few different things. Jace, did you want to swap to your question? And thank you, Sammy, for that, that in-depth. Yeah, I just kind of like on, on the the topic of like the future and what the future looks like. I'm just curious. I mean, you had really kind of touched on this early in the episode about um, cross-chain and going across different ecosystems. I'm curious, is Redacted planning to expand to any other ecosystems? Um, like I, I see Avalanche is kind of like one of the, the premier EVM options. Um that you other you know users are kind of bridging to to play around in right now uh yeah yeah i think like obviously like we probably uh, i mean obviously we'll we'll do it i think everyone in the DAO wants it um one of the the roadblocks uh that currently face like a protocol like ours is making rebase tokens um multi-chain right so having like a token like live on multiple chains like all executing rebases on them um there's just limitations in terms of like cross-chain messaging uh which limit us in that sense um obviously ohm did this with geom uh but it ended up like kind of like hurting the protocol because you know people were trading a pegged asset and then there was no buying pressure for ohm which like like kind of caused like some liquidations or whatever um so we, we we're trying to think of it strategically what's the best way to expand the protocol out to like multiple chains I think right now the plan is to like <clears throat> get the bribe market infrastructure on multiple chains so that we can at least start capturing value on those networks. Um, but I think for now, like as, as long as we are like a rebase token, which is like, you know, um, not long, um, <clears throat> we, we probably, the, the, the best move strategically would stick to like living on, on mainnet. Jason, answer you're good on your question. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for diving in, that, Sammy. Sammy, I'm I'm like super curious, man. Like throughout like this entire journey, um, like what's kind of the biggest lesson or takeaway you've you've learned so far? Like in crypto in general, or like launching <laughs> this project? <laughs> launching, yeah, launching this project. Uh, keep ideas close to your chest. <laughs> 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 um there's a lot of like there's a lot of bullshit in this space man like there's like a lot of people like looking to like leech ideas and like sort of steal them and stuff like you know like there's a it's a really hard like line to walk um as like a builder uh trying to find like people that are like trying to launch like cool stuff versus like the people who are looking to like 
make a lot of money or like make a quick flip, I guess. Um, so like, you know, trying to filter out that stuff was like the biggest uh, learning lesson I had with through all of this. Um, I think we did a good job. I think we did a good job. You have any, uh, you have any tips? Because uh, I feel like everyone probably in the audience, I know I, know I have been like burned on, on projects that we thought were great. Um, but then, you know, like you learn more about the founders, right? And, or it just comes out of nowhere and, and, uh, they dump on you, you know? Um, what can you look for in a founder, I guess? Like yeah. in a project, I think like one thing we did when we were like looking at like the ecosystems we wanted to expand to, um, cause you know, it goes beyond just like bonding the token. Like, you know, we do things like build dApps on top of them, like make strategic acquisitions and investments and like their ecosystems and stuff like that. Um, I think like one of the things we do as like a due diligence process, I guess, like as a DAO and I guess like, you know, from the people that are having the uh, BD conversations and stuff is like, <clears throat> it, 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 I mean, like to us, it's like, I guess like now kind of obvious, like I really not don't like um, people who put like a lot of focus on like these things like buybacks and um, have like really short term thinking, you know, like the. Yeah, I, I, you know, like buybacks like infuriate me, uh, to be honest, <laughs> um, because like, you know, people are just thinking like so short term, like we're building in like one of the most um, like innovative and uh, experimental like industries in the world. And people are just thinking about what the token does in the quarter, you know. Um, so I, I often like look for like the communities that are thinking like a bit um, ahead. Uh that's not like, I mean, I'm not talking about like what coins I buy, like personally and stuff. I guess like this is more like in Redacted's landscape because this is like, you know, for Redacted, like we don't sell the stuff that comes into our treasury. So we're not trying to accumulate garbage that's around for like a year or something, right? Um, the goal is obviously to make this like an immutable product that like lives forever on on Ethereum. <laughs> um, so we want to make sure that like whatever we're like strategically acquiring is like people that have like a similar mindset of like, you know, they want to make this like an immutable product one day and like you know they're not so worried about like what the token does in like a month yeah yeah, yeah. i think i think it's super important uh for everyone to have like a long-term vision i think the space moves so quickly and people are just worried about the short-term price action of coins when they're not actually looking at the long long-term utility or or value that these projects are going to bring over the next you know two three five years uh to the whole crypto ecosystem which is super important Sammy, for anyone that, you know, maybe wants to help contribute in the vision and uh, mission that you guys are kind of striving towards, are you guys looking to hire new talent? Um, is it just kind of open in that DAO structure? Like, what does that look like for anyone that may be tuning in <clears throat> that sounds really, that sounds really interesting and they want to kind of contribute in some sort of way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't do, like, hires per se. I guess, like, yeah, I guess, like, there's... um. <clears throat> okay i mean there's a bunch of different ways right i mean the best way obviously is to like join the discord all that sort of stuff um if you check out our d work which is like this really cool project that we've been working with that i met out in lisbon um they have like basically like notion but on chain which is like really dope um so we have like a whole notion board set up with bounties that you can claim in real time on chain um completely done anonymously linked to your ethereum address um, we're one of the first users of it. We're really excited about it. So there's a ton of bounties there if you're looking for something to like um, quickly get involved with or just help out with one or two things. If you're looking to get more involved on the uh, full-time contributor, like, you know, yeah, like a core contributor to the project, basically we have 
um, these calls we call metamorphosis every Friday, uh, where basically like contributors can like join in our marketing kings sort of give you the rundown of like the way the protocol works, the way we make decisions, um, all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, like, you know, we have like these mini committee votes, like sort of bringing on core contributors and pay you handsomely per se. Um, <clears throat> so there's a bunch of different ways for people to get involved, whether it's like a core contributor to the project or if it's just something that they want to be like, you know, uh, doing bounties and stuff with. Very, very based. Um, Sammy, near the end of these episodes, we normally like to bring on audience members and or allow that opportunity. Are you, are you down for to allow audience members to come on and maybe ask a question or two? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if anyone in the audience wants to come on, just smash that request button and uh, we'll let you guys on one at a time. For sure. Um, I know Viva, I see Viva's been requesting for some time. I don't know if she's just like stuck in that request. So Viva, if you want to come up, just maybe do like the 100 emoji um, and I'll let you on. Also, Sammy, while we're waiting for somebody to come up, uh, are you going to eat Denver? <clears throat> no. <laughs> no, no. Um, I'd ask. No, no, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be at the Avex Barca thing though. Yeah, I want to go to that, but uh, it might be a little too expensive. Yeah, I heard everyone's going to eat Denver, though, so maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, you should come through, bro. We'll, we'll all be there. The, the Redacted team's going to be out there. There's going to be a lot of people from Redacted out there. Oh, snap. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll try and link up for sure. Are they? Uh, <clears throat> you guys have, like, a telegram? We don't have a telegram. I mean, we're going to throw, like, a party or whatever with um the guys from uh probably token max so like we'll like that'll be public and stuff what's going on viva welcome to the stage hey thank you guys thanks for giving me the opportunity to ask a question maybe make a couple of observations so appreciate it um sammy i um i'm a investor or i have redacted and i'm a long time omi and also invested in toki tok and tokemak and in Frax ecosystem. So kind of believe in all the narratives that you guys have promoted and believe in. Um, so very excited about everything that you guys are doing. I just wanted to make a quick observation, maybe ask a question on top of it. Um, you've, you, you know, I think, I think the key problem that Ohm solves, um, just as an observation, is of course, everybody knows is protocol controlled value or protocol control liquidity, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it really came out of Ampleforth and uh, Faye, actually, who first were experimenting with these things. And then uh, Zeus combined the two ideas into one really nifty idea. Uh, and it also harkens back to something older, uh, which was Chris Berniski's idea of velocity sync, if some of you may remember when he proposed that in 2018, or I think it was in 2017, when he proposed that in one of his essays, where he he kind of elaborated on the problem that tokens will face, which is high velocity resulting into lower value, and why you need some kind of a velocity sink. And when I think of redacted, and the reason why I loved when you came up with the idea of redacted and it was being discussed in the discords uh, in Ohm, was that it was going to provide as a sub-DAO 
a velocity sync mechanism for the entire DeFi ecosystem, right? Slowly and steadily, it'll hopefully expand to even things like Aave or or, or what we consider to be DeFi 1.0 now. Uh, and it'll hopefully expand to those kind of protocols also. And it'll act as a DeFi, as a sort of a sync, not just as a voting service, but as a as a as a sync and also as a mechanism to solve that problem that was originally actually anticipated by Chris Berniski. Uh, having said that, uh, I think you asked an amazing question earlier. I think was it Chase or somebody? Somebody asked earlier the question of what are the next set of problems? And Sammy, you said it is DAO to DAO. It's basically B two B becomes DAO to DAO and how we solve that interaction problem and how we improve liquidity efficiency. But I think we've talked a lot about liquidity efficiency and, 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 and maybe last two years of DeFi is all about iterating on the question of liquidity efficiency. What are the other things that, you, that really excite you that are not even so much on the horizon uh, or, or not, we are not even thinking about it? One problem that I see is reflexivity. DeFi ecosystem is completely reflexive without any real world use right now. And Maker is of course making some of the first attempts in this area. Uh, I don't know what other problems are really bugging you right now that are outside <clears throat> of these domains. Unironically, like as decentralized and reflexive we are as a DAO, like the number one issue or the number one thing I'm most excited for is like immutability. Um, uh, which is like I don't think in anyone's roadmap really, right? Um, I'd look like to me like a super big inspiration is like like uh, liquidity, you know, like liquidity is just a bunch of chads. Like they basically put out like a super dope stable coin that works, um, and they said like you know we don't need like exit liquidity tokens and we don't need like governance and stuff. The protocol works; it does its job. Like you know, like let's just make it like Bitcoin. I mean, Bitcoin in a weird way is kind of a DAO. Um, but, you know, like, let's just like put it out there and this is it. This is like what it is. It lives there forever. You never sort of have to work, worry about like um, evolving to like different regulations. Like no one's going to be able to like keep you in a box. No one's going to come to your DAO with like really stupid suggestions that like people like looking for like the number go up, like come in and like basically like ruin the growth and um, prosperity of your project. Right. Um, I think like every DeFi project, like, end of the roadmap you know like people always like people always have like a 2022 roadmap like i mean we did this too so i'm not like i don't know why i'm saying this but like you know they have like the 2022 roadmap and though 2023 like revamped roadmap like all this sort of stuff like i think like uh it like protocols should like start coming out with a path to like immutability right because that's like the purest form of like decentralization is like when your protocol can actually like live by itself without anyone overseeing it whether that is like a core team or like a community of people, right? So I think like that's what I'm most excited for, like far on the horizon um, whenever we get there as an industry. So governance minimization, similar to what Rai proposes, right? Yeah, yeah, Rai, right. That, those guys are a bunch of chats too. Rai and Liquidity, those are like my two like biggest inspirations of DeFi. That's great, that's great. Thanks for coming on, Viva. Very based, love it. Appreciate yeah, it. That, that was that was a base question. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I like the audience questions, man, because people are thinking differently than than I am and Chase and Super, and it, it mixes it up. So I love it. Uh, we'll give it a few, a few more seconds here, guys. If you guys 
anyone else wants to come on, just hit that request button. We're all a friendly group. Uh, but while we're waiting, uh, Sammy, just really appreciate you, man, taking the time out to, to come see with us tonight, man. It's been awesome to just learn about Redacted and hear your perspective on, on just like the whole uh, crypto ecosystem and, and the curve wars. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Plus one yeah. to that. Been a good chat. Talking about a lot of cool things. Anything you can leak, Sammy? From like all the marketing, other... actually, like our like our marketing core contributors got like really pissed at me because we had like this <laughs> like all these things that we wanted to like make like huge campaigns about and like you know go shill it and stuff on Twitter and then I just like we had it in like a slide deck and then I kind of like just posted it. Um, so like <laughs> I think like everything we have for the year is just like on. Oh, even I was mad at you when I saw your slide deck. I can tell you that. Because I was like, yeah. there's so many great ideas. Why are you putting this right now? Because you're not going to be able to code this for the next six months. Because we need, like, no, no, no. Actually, like, you'd be surprised. Like, a lot of that stuff is, like, already in audit. Oh, um, awesome, awesome. You'd be surprised. Like, there's still actually, like, other cool stuff. Like, you know, one of the reasons I did that is because I just wanted to, like, plant a seed for people that, like, I think, like, still view us as, like, like an ohm fork, right? I wanted to, like, plant a seed and, like, show people, like, a bit like how we're like uh, thinking about like the future of the protocol, like looking towards like sustainability and stuff like that. And in hindsight, like it was a really good decision because we were able to attract like a lot of gigabrains um, and people with like other really good ideas that like helped evolve those ideas even further. So in hindsight, I'm happy I did it. Very based. Um, I don't think we have any more questions from the audience, Sammy. So we'll let you go. We uh, we do record these. Are you cool if we post this up on our YouTube and <clears throat> on our podcast channels? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Let's go. Sweet. All right, everyone. Stay based. Thank you so much again, Sammy. And uh, have a good night, everyone, or a good day, wherever you're at. Stay based. Thanks, yeah, Sammy. Peace. Peace. Space to space.